All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour, uh, the eve before Christmas Eve, uh, just before the holidays, had a, a busy weekend, middle of the night stuff happening. As always, Ed Carbohol here with Matthew Hawkins. This is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. What's up, Matt? Uh, I see you're wearing a, a an interesting sweater for for the end of the show or what we uh, got it, coming. It, it's it's Christmas, but uh, more <laughs> importantly, it's Fedor Fight Week. So uh, yeah, the the sweater of uh, Absolute glorious victory is out this week, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get into that a little later yeah. on. But, you know, it's uh, funny. I was teasing Matt before we started recording because uh, I didn't realize he was wearing a sweater. Him being in the in the nice California weather, everyone out here is rocking some sort of ugly sweater. Uh, but but uh, so he had to point it out to me. That's why we were laughing before we started recording. But um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. But um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, uh, we had uh, a lot to to go over the weekend. You you caught a lot of the Hawaii stuff in Bellator. I mean, a little bit of uh, last minute craziness going on there. So, um, I mean, uh, you you saw the event as it aired. It was literally like just before it happened, right? Yeah, you're referring to the main event getting uh getting canceled last minute. Um, Josh Barnett, uh, Ronnie Marks or Honey Marks, um. Yeah, it. Uh, I caught it on Twitter. Um, I think from Josh Gross, I saw one of his tw- uh, tweets mm-hmm. um, where he had talked to Scott Coker, and it was uh, probably a fight before the main event. Um, I think it was during the. Uh, it was before the Eric Perez fight because that uh, the Toby Misich, uh Perez fight turned out to be the main event. So it was. It was sometime uh, right after the Alejandra Lara fight. Um, and they announced uh, that I, or I saw that on Twitter and then they announced it in the arena uh, shortly thereafter. But uh, yeah, Barnett uh, came down with the flu bug, I guess, and uh, doctors wouldn't clear him. It is kind of interesting because when I saw the the pre-taped video of Barnett walking into the arena yeah. during the intro to the show, I, I it didn't look right to me. Uh, I actually kind of commented to myself that uh, he just didn't look he didn't look super healthy. He didn't, you yeah. know, it looked like he had something wrong with him. So I wonder, because uh, it's weird because he did that whole thing during open workouts, that whole press pro wrestling shoot with his uh, pad holder or training partner there. I hope it wasn't something that like, you know, like something infectious that he got from ram- ramming himself into a monster energy drink machine or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who knows what the, the exact situation is. Obviously there's some, conspiracy theorists out there that uh that like to with josh barnett's history it opens it up to uh some questions on on why he necessarily would have been pulled last minute but uh you know it it happens in mma i i got into it with a guy on twitter who who you know anytime anything happens in bellator people love to jump on it and and get on the bellator sucks bandwagon yeah 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 and act like this doesn't happen in, in MMA across the board, across the globe, in, in every promotion throughout the history of the sport. And, um, you know, it's with the sport growth of the sport, you get fans who honestly don't know the history of the sport. 
they're not really MMA fans, they're UFC fans, uh, so they look for a chance to to jump on and, yeah. and criticize. So, you know, I had to shut down a dude who who was trying to say they sucked and this doesn't happen in UFC. And then I then I kindly pointed out to him Mitrion Struve from UFC 175. Amanda uh, Nunes, uh, Shevchenko. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I was at both of those, and then we throw in, uh, you know, and then and those weren't good enough for him, so. I gave him well, I, you know. I know you weren't watching the sport, but at UFC 24, uh, Kevin Randleman versus Pedro Hizo, the heavyweight main event uh, championship of the world, uh, was canceled as as Pedro or as uh, Kevin Randleman KO'd himself uh, preparing for the walkout. So uh, it, it happens, and again, that still wasn't good enough. And then I reminded him that the UFC canceled a fight because of a cold sore. Um, in your neck of the woods out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just happens. So I, I just... Yeah, think what a, Whitaker's freaking hernia day of the event, uh, the first time they were in uh, Australia with him in, uh, when they bumped Adesanya and Gastelum up. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's nonstop. There's, yeah. there's, it's... Yeah, every, every promotion has their problems. You can't single out a... You can't try to badmouth one promotion. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pride had a dude start that lit on fire during the walkout and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it literally, it literally never ends. Um, I was at an event where a riot broke out and the event got canceled. I mean, things just it, it never ends in the sports. Yeah. So, um, but that's beside the point. I just, I just think it's funny when I when I see fans that claim to be MMA fans uh, so quick to jump on a promotion um, that they just they don't watch and they're not knowledgeable about. So that was interesting. But the highlights of that night, um, there was a couple, uh, Joey Davis, uh, fought Chris, uh, Cisneros, uh, mm-hmm. looked dominant, came out, got a real quick takedown, uh, big elbows, big punches, cut him up and, and uh, ended up getting a, a first round TKO win. Uh, first time for the main card for Joey Davis. He moved to seven and zero. uh, big time prospect, uh, for Bellator, uh, but for me, the highlight of the night, and not just because I'm a fan of hers, but uh, Alejandra Lara's performance yeah. uh, against uh, Vida Artiaga uh, was. Uh, I actually had Artiga picked to to win that, so I was. Yeah. I I thought it was going to be a tough fight for Lara uh, after seeing her last couple fights. I thought uh, uh, Vida would would press the issue and be in her face and and uh, and make it tough for her. Uh, but it was really the total opposite. I mean, Laura put on one of the better performances I've seen in, in women's MMA. Um, I mean, I'm not going to jump the gun here and say it was one of the greatest, but it was, it was up there. Uh, it was, a, it was a tremendous performance uh, in MMA general. Uh, you know, she stuffed takedowns, uh, her elbows, knees, uh, punches, kicks. I mean, it was it was one of the better performances, like I said, I've seen. Uh, I think if she fights like that, I think she becomes a heavy championship material. Um, I know she lost uh, her previous title attempt at uh, Bellator 201 uh, to Alima McFarlane uh, in, in a very good grappling match. Uh, but if she fights like she did this this uh, past Friday night, I think Alima Lay would have a tremendous trouble with her on the feet. And she seems to have... Uh, you know, at least against Vita, she she uh, was able to to avoid being taken to the ground. So interesting. So those were really the highlights. Uh, Toby Misech in the main event, the Hawaiian. Uh, I was just kid. about to say, yeah, yeah. He he got a <laughs> devastating uh, knockout of Eric Perez. Um, I don't know what the odds makers had it. I assumed Perez, who just signed from Combate. Yeah, uh, was I, I was all on, I was all aboard that, and of course, my my. <laughs> 
I'm close. I'm not. I'm not closing 2019 out with my picks very good. Just put it that yeah. Way. So so Perez <laughs> went down hard, got KO'd brutally. Uh, 54 seconds into the first round. Um, Although UFC it, 245, I was 100 percent on the main card. So <laughs> I, I can be accurate. I can be happy about that. You can be happy yeah. about that one. But uh, so so that event ended Friday night. Obviously, the fans uh, that were the troops in in the crowd. Um, I'm sure that they were disappointed that the main event got canceled. Uh, mm. But to have a Hawaiian uh, uh, hometown uh, kid get such a devastating, uh, exciting knockout uh, in the main event kind of kind of saved the night, I would say. So wasn't wasn't the best night for Bellator, uh, but it, by far wasn't the wasn't the worst. Uh, but it kind of led on to the. Seems like they always have when they do the double headers. There's always something uh, <laughs> something that they, they at did, least in uh, this year, was, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so uh, so that was that, and then uh, shortly after that event ended. Uh, UFC Korea uh, zombie versus uh, Edgar kicked off. Um, I, I kind of watched a couple of the early prelims before, before calling it uh, and then woke up in the morning and, and caught the, uh, I, ca- I caught the last three fights in the main card. Um, Charles Jordan picked up a huge upset win over the Korean Superboy, uh Duho Choi uh, second round uh, KO, uh, Big huge punch, hmm. uh, good fr- a good fight, got fight of the night, um, but it was uh, it wasn't good for Choi. Um, tough loss in front of his home country, uh, and kind of an off fight for him as he's in the middle of all his military stuff in Korea. So we may not see him again for still a couple more years. Um, I thought he was done with his military. Turns out he's just waiting for for more orders. Um, and that can take a while. And, and while he's doing that, he's not allowed to leave the country. So, uh, so yeah, he could definitely be gone a while. Uh, co-main event, uh, Volkan, Odesmir, uh, Alexander, Rakic. Um, I don't know if you caught any of these, Ed, but... Uh, no, I didn't Vol- catch... Uh, I only saw the highlights of uh, poor Frankie Edgar's results. <laughs> So the co-main event, light heavyweight, a couple of the top contenders at that weight class uh, ended up going to a split decision, uh, went Vulcan's way. Um, real close fight, uh, really exciting fight. A lot of uh, a lot of big punches, a lot of back and forth. A lot of people uh, uh, thought Rakic won. Um, Vulcan kind of got robbed, I felt, in this fight with Reyes. So doesn't, um, you know. It's just part of the game uh, when you go to the decision, especially in a close fight. You get a lot of splits, and uh, sometimes the right guy wins, sometimes the wrong guy wins, but uh, it, it generally evens out over time. Um, then that brings us to the main event, which you were speaking of, Korean Zombie versus Frankie Edgar. Uh, I think we saw a passing of the torch. Uh, a lot I mean, of that. A lot of that know. this year. Yeah. Uh, Korean Zombie, first round uh KO of uh, Frankie Edgar after uh, pretty much brutalizing him from the opening bell. Uh, Frankie Edgar showed the heart that that made him champion and, and mm-hmm. made him a fan favorite uh, across the globe, but uh, just wasn't there. Uh, I mean, it, couldn't, couldn't take the beating. I mean, it, uh, he's he's probably taken. I always say this when we talk about other fighters, how they just, you know, after a while that durability starts to fade and stuff, and. Sometimes they got to start listening to uh, their bodies or whatever. But I mean, I think Frankie Edgar's still a game fighter. I, you know, everyone's as soon as somebody loses, no matter how they are, they're they're quick to call them washed up or whatever. But that was last minute, you know, and to travel and do all that. I mean, not last minute, but he was he was not the original opponent. It was supposed to be um, 
or Brian Ortega, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so when that f- fell out, I mean, you know, I'm sure he got ready just to get it back in there. Um, in his own, you know, kind of reminds me of our, of our boy Syed Awad, you know, that you get a chance to, to try to get back a W and get back on a winning streak. Sometimes mm-hmm. a break is good, man. I mean, maybe he just needs to take some time off and, and then see where he's at. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was weird how uh, Conor McGregor kind of like uh, congratulated him or whatever it was, or defended him when when folks were were bashing him about you know um, about uh, losing because uh, he uh, Frankie Edgar put something up like you know the, you know thanks to folks that were sticking by me and blah blah blah, and then you know this whole thing with uh, with with fans kicking a guy when he's down, and uh, McGregor came to his defense and was like you know you're you're still game or whatever, which is weird because. You know that was one of the guys that he thought that. I mean, it was I. I saw it as a compliment where he thought coming back and fighting someone like Frankie Edgar would be the, a good fight to prepare for Khabib. You know, because Khabib is such a beast right now. So I mean, if if that's if that's what Frankie Edgar is, you can't. You know, I know he the, the it didn't look good. It wasn't a good way to lose. It's not like he lost by decision. He got he got the t, uh, TKO'd. But I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, these guys these guys know when it's time to quit. And uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure Frankie Edgar would run your average. Uh, I mean, it was not that long ago he ran over Yair Rodriguez. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, you know, it catches up to you. MMA is a yeah. brutal uh, ending to career for fighters and, and young man's uh, game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a young man's game, and it's uh, it's definitely a, a brutal sport. Like I said, when it when it comes to an end, it usually tends to not end well uh, for the for the aging fighter. So that took us through the night on Friday night. Uh, Saturday morning, I woke up, uh, caught the kickboxing event of the year, uh, at least scheduled to be Rico Verhoeven, uh, Badahari at Glory. Uh, this was a rematch from their first fight. Uh, um, Verhoeven, uh, the champion of Glory, Badahari, the longtime uh, boxing legend, uh, fought everybody in the K1 ranks coming up. Um, this was a rematch. The first fight, Hari suffered a shoulder injury. This fight, Hari came out, dropped Verhoeven in the first round, uh, which was the first time uh, Verhoeven had ever been dropped in his glory career. Uh, second round was a back-and-forth uh, violent battle. Uh, most thought Verhoeven came on top, uh, at least the judges. It's open scoring, so we saw that. Then in the third round, uh, uh, Verhoeven got dropped again, um, and uh, Hari was going in for the kill, threw a wheel kick, and... Uh, it appears to have broken his foot on, uh, on Verhoeven. Um, he fell to the ground, was not able to get up. Uh, they actually had to uh, attend to him as he was uh, in, a, in a lot of pain and, and cursing up a storm in the cage. Um, tough loss for Hari. Second uh, time that's happened due to injury to, to Rico. Um, we don't talk a lot about kickboxing, but uh, this is this is a fight that uh, is big. So we'll see what happens. Best yeah. of luck to Hari recovering. Anything uh, with Rico is uh, pretty big. I mean, I actually am a fan of his, and uh, I know he uh, he would want to venture into MMA. Um, you know, but uh, obviously, well, why why leave something you're doing so well in? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, this he was he was on his way to losing this fight, and and. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, Badahari has a uh, history outside the cage. So a lot of people uh, tend to root against him because of that, but actually not cage ring, but inside the ring, um, he's one of the most brutal, uh, violent uh, fighters that, that really this planet's ever seen. So when he gets in the rare times, he actually fights. It's uh, 
it's quite a quite a show. So hopefully Glory is able to work something out. Uh, once he recovers, we get a third fight, and we actually get to see one through, and and, uh, and they can work it out. Like you said, Verhoeven's talked about doing MMA. Uh, perhaps now's the time. Uh, he really doesn't have a lot of challengers uh, in Glory. He's pretty much cleaned out everybody. Um, I'm sure there's a couple guys out there that that work, keep working their way up. But uh, if he's going to do MMA now, might be the time. Buy some time, and then maybe wait for Hari to. Uh, to recover and then, and then have that huge payday in, in another year or so. So that was glory. That was a uh, Saturday morning. Uh, and then that warmed us up for the, uh, for the Bellator main uh, weekend event, uh, Bellator 236, Alima McFarland. Night defend- number two in Hawaii. Yep. Defending her belt against Kate Jackson. Uh, did you catch this? Uh, did you catch this entire card, Ed? Or what was your what was your status for Saturday night? No, that was uh, I was at a Christmas party on Saturday night, <laughs> but that was on uh, that was on the zone. So uh, I won't be subscribing to the zone until you know I make more money or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, between the the triple play with ESPN and all that, I, I got to figure something out. But the zone is definitely looks like it's worth my while for 2020. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I didn't like their uh, their price or their change in the in the pricing scheme. Um, I know if you prepay for the year, it's a good deal, but and a lot of people uh, swear by it. But I did manage to catch the event, um, and uh, really, the I mean, it, the last two fights were the the fights that uh, had the most meaning. That was AJ McKee Jr. versus Derek Campos. Uh, the first uh, quarterfinal bout of the featherweight Grand Prix tournament. Uh, AJ McKee, uh, God, came out through flying knee, tried to beat his uh, eight-second yeah. KO. I saw uh, the, like I said, I saw the highlights. I didn't watch the event, but I did see that. Yeah, he came out like a maniac, uh, dominated the first round. Uh, second round came out same way, did his thing, and then Campos managed to reverse it. Started to sh- uh, shift the momentum. Seemed like AJ McKee was getting a little bit tired. Uh, like I said, he came out extremely aggressive early. Uh, then in the third round, uh, McKee was doing his thing. Campos went for a reversal, and in the process of trying to reverse him on the ground and get on top, he ended up in a uh, he ended up in a quick triangle armbar. Uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous move by AJ McKee. Uh, lots of skill. I mean, it kind of looked. Uh, uh, from the uh, from the outside eye, it definitely looked like it was a bit lucky as far as um, not so much that he put him in the triangle, but that the momentum was really shifting and and Campos just really got caught in a tough tough situation uh, when when he was a seemed to be taking control of the fight a little bit. Yeah, I saw that fi- I saw that finish, uh, and I mean he tapped quick. It looked painful, um, but the uh, so the winner so he gets the winner of uh, it's Borix and Caldwell, right? Yes, and that is January 25th at the Forum in Los Angeles. So, uh, I mean, the, either one of those is going to make for an exciting fight. I mean, but uh, McKees is just on a tear. I mean, ever since he knocked out uh, uh, Dominic Mazada out here in Mohegan Sun, I, I've just been a, a fan of, of him. And, and then Borix kind of came, uh, I don't want to say under the radar, but um, after after he, uh, he got that win over... Um, out here in New York over, uh, what's his name? Aaron Pico, uh, out here in New York. I was just kind of like, I mean, the, Bellator doesn't get enough. I don't, I mean, obviously you and I pay attention. Maybe the hardcores pay attention, but I feel like they're, they're, they're up and coming guys like, like, like McKee and 
Borix and, and all they don't get the attention that that they're earning with all the wins that they're getting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barks is a weird situation. I think McKee is he's gotten some mainstream pub. Uh, ESPN's written about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Borix is, is he's going to need to win this tournament or at least uh, probably get to the finals uh, to really establish himself uh, to the uh, to the mainstream MMA world. Um, obviously, fans like us, even if he loses to Caldwell or, or McKee in the in the semis, will will know that he's a young kid who, at that point, will be uh, what fourteen or fifteen to zero uh, when that loss comes. So it, it's going to be interesting. McKee is. Uh, I think he's clearly the favorite on that side of the bracket. I think he's probably the favorite for the tournament to at least face uh, face uh, the champ, uh, Pitbull, uh, which would obviously be an incredible match. Uh, I, he just got, he, I think he has to slow down a little bit here. I think his win over uh, Kanaharian, he got that mm-hmm. eight-second KO, and he came out this fight like he wanted to beat that time. And uh, I, I think – the the Kanaharian win, while obviously incredible for his career, may uh, may not have been the uh, the best thing mentally for him. I think he needs to realize that he's uh, he's uh, he's going to be fighting uh, killers the rest of his career uh, from this point on. I mean, he's not going to be fighting any more up and comers and cans and stuff. He's going to be fighting the the best that Bellator has to offer. Uh, and the, some of the best in the world. So yeah. I think he, and he think he needs to take a step back a little bit and respect his opponents more, and not and realize he can't just he's not going to get a six second KO every fight, eight second KO. Um, Caldwell fight is interesting if that's the match because Caldwell can obviously stretch the bout out, and, mm-hmm. and when we start getting, if we get into a case where you get a fourth, fifth round, um, with the output McKee puts out there, it'll be interesting to see what his. Uh, what his stamina is like uh, that late into a bout, but that's still such a long way out. And that fight actually won't take yeah. place for, for God knows how long at this point, because uh, McKees was the first bout that stretches out through, I believe March. Um, and then we get set with the other bout. So realistically, plus, plus new stuff is starting. Uh, you know, they announced that at, at that weekend, I mean, Coker said he's working on a women's tournament. Um, he, he hinted at it when he was out here. And um, obviously they have, uh, um, cyborg there in january so who knows i i, I know it's not going to be her division that they're doing a tournament excuse me a, a tournament for but um it's one of the lighter ones i think it's flyweight i'm not sure but it uh, seems to me like flyweight would make sense right now yeah. Lay's done a good job of kind of clearing everybody out uh, yeah. i mean uh you know you got a couple you got uh juliana velasquez who picked up a big win over bruna ella this weekend goes to 10 and 0 and she's probably the next number one contender in line um, so maybe that's a fight you do, but if you wanted to set up a number one contender bout or put a Lima lay in a grand prix, um, and just do what, continue the trend of what we've seen, uh, with the featherweights and, and the welterweights, um, that would be, that would be something to do. And they definitely, uh, have shaped up a roster now with Liz Carmouche coming in. Yeah. Uh, that adds another name. They announced that signing on uh, Friday night. So that that I mean that adds some some her. interest in there. Yeah, I'm glad to see that she I mean, didn't she, uh, yeah, wait she's, too long. No, she, especially her being a former Marine. They were doing the USO thing on Friday. Um, she was doing promotional stuff in DC when when she got her walking papers for the UFC. So I mean, there, there's it looks like her her connection with the military is always going to help her out. That's actually really nice to see. Yeah, um, so that and that brings us to the main event. Alima Lay McFarland picked up a unanimous decision, five round victory over Kate Jackson. Uh, pretty much overwhelmed her from start to finish. 
Um, Jackson obviously shows heart. She does in all of her fights, uh, but Ali Malay was just way too much, uh, mainly on the ground. A lot of stalemates uh, while standing up against the cage, but uh, McFarlane, uh, no question, won every round and and uh, continued her, her reign there, moving to 11-0. and 0, So yeah. there's a lot, lot going on with Bellator, uh, a lot of exciting stuff. So we'll see what happens. The schedule's a little bit... Uh, I mean, they have a lot going on. We're not completely aware of the schedule yet. At least I'm not. Maybe somebody like Nolan King and those guys uh, that that are a little bit more on the inside know that uh, I mean, where the locations. And- yeah, I mean, obviously, like I, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode too. They're uh, they always do kind of mirror their uh, what they've done the previous year. So, like, we know when to expect them out here in the Northeast, where where Nolan and I are. Um, funny, we're talking about him because he he was going going to be on this episode tonight, but. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's with MMA Junkie, and they got him on the hook. So he's recording something with them, which they're doing actually a really good, uh, like, decade, fighter of the decade, like, of the decade type of th- things that I don't think any other websites are doing. So definitely check out what Nolan's doing there. But, um, yeah, like like uh, uh, Coker said at the post-fight press conference at the end of the, the second night and Saturday night that he wants to make uh, Bellator Hawaii. Uh, part of their regular schedule so i think they've been there the last two decembers right i like to, like to. so that's probably going to be a thing for them and uh which would make sense because if they're going to be doing stuff with the uh, japan then you know it makes sense logistically to to make that jump to japan in a couple of weeks like they're like they're doing which is i guess is a perfect segue f- to why you're wearing that sweater <laughs> yeah i mean the uh the, the end of the year is uh is always a special thing when uh we get some Japanese MMA, and uh, when, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, Fedor Emelianenko, uh, is involved, then um, it adds uh, it adds a little extra gift to the end of the year. So that uh, that brings us to Saturday night. Uh, we're going to get it live on Paramount at uh, ten o'clock Eastern. I was thinking it was Sunday night. Found out today it was Saturday night, which uh, is is incredibly good. Um, which means it makes it easier to stay up. Uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, especially for you with the event starting. For me, it starts at seven, so I really had no worries either way. But um, you're going to get a you know five six fight card uh, if it's just the Bellator. Per, uh, I'm not sure. There was a little confusion uh, because half the card is basically a, a Ryzen card in, in the Bellator mm-hmm. cage that are like post limbs. So they're not sure about the broadcast of those right now, but. Um, but Those yeah, they, they they sent out a press release. I mean, obviously the folks on Sky Perfect, Sky Perfect TV and and Goa or whatever they have out there, uh-huh. they're, they're, that's where folks, you know, if you have Sky Perfect TV and all that, that's where you can watch the the post limbs. But we're gonna obviously the fights that are the most high profile are the ones that are gonna be on, or for us anyway, for this for this fan base here in the United States, that's how we're gonna get uh, uh our Bellator card uh, with the uh, with um you know, the Bellator Japan event, the main card. A lot of yeah. postings, though. I'm looking for the uh, card now. Yeah, I mean, you got you got big names. It, it kicks off uh, MVP, Michael Venom Page, uh, fights uh, Shinsho Anzai. Um, Anzai's 11-3. Okay. Uh, I know a lot of people think this is the typical MVP fight, but um, he's fighting a legit opponent, so I think it'll it'll be a little bit of a test for uh, for Page. Um, going to Yamauchi, Faces uh, Darren Cruikshank. Cruikshank's been uh, fighting for Ryzen for the last couple years. Former UFC fighter. Uh, Yamauchi coming off of his quick uh, submission win over Syed Awad. Um, 
good, exciting fight there. I mean, that, that potentially could be fight of the night material. Uh, Lorenz Larkin uh, fights Nakamura. Um, another good fight. Uh, and, the, and then, like I said, Michael Chandler was the co-main event. Yeah. Uh, he was scheduled to fight Benson Henderson. Uh, Sydney Outlaw steps in. Yeah. Uh, coming off a win over Roger Huerta. Uh, Outlaw, good wrestler, 14-3 and three, uh, against uh, the Mr. You know, kind of Mr. Bellator, Michael Chandler. So uh, that's, that's tremendous. Uh, you know, it, Chandler fights are, are never boring. And then, uh, and then the main event that uh, is two legends of the sport, Fedor Melianenko and, and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Uh, Going to be an interesting, uh, exciting night. From yeah. Japan. <laughs> and it's definitely pretty cool that, that it's them two, in Japan on this card after, you know, considering where their careers, you know, they both made, built their careers in pride and, and, uh, you know, they both had a strong fan base in Japan and rampage has never been shy about loving, uh, being in Japan and fighting in Japan and stuff like that. And, um, so I, I think there's just something, I mean, it, it's pretty cool, especially if, if, if like Fedor has been, been pretty public about this last run of fights being his, his final fight. So, um, it's pretty cool that this is going to be one of them. Um, they're definitely way different fighters than they were back when they were fighting in Pride. Um, you know, Rampage hasn't slammed a guy in, in quite some time, and and you know, Fedor. Uh, well, Fedor has probably been the Fedor that that you you lo- know and love. Uh, you know, he's obviously got. You know, he, he's been picking up losses, not the way that we were used to back then. But again, we were talking about it with Frankie Edgar. That it's you know the What's the what's the line from 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 Creed? Uh, the time is undefeated uh, when it comes to combat sports, and and that's definitely holds true with uh, both these guys. So, um, just really quick about the uh, the post limbs uh, again, Sky Perfect TV and GYAO in Japan. Gyao, I guess that's how you say that. Yeah, but there's some fighters on the on this card that uh, fans out uh, you know that aren't aren't fans of Japanese MMA might not uh want to pay attention to like Andy Nguyen is fighting um on that card she's her opponent is I Shimizu 5 and 1 uh Andy Nguyen the Crasian um and there's uh uh Kid Yamamoto's protege y- Yusuke Yachi is uh in a, in a post lit bout I think he's it's either the first or last I'm not sure how this how this one's going to go um but there's a you know uh, there's a kickboxing bout um, on there, you know, uh, Ryzen, they like to mix it up. So it's pretty cool that they're, uh, again, that they're doing this co-promotion. I, I I wonder if 2020 will bring more co-promotion, like maybe do something with uh, um, who else is out there that's looking to get under someone's radar, you know, like maybe another regional promotion. Um, obviously, if it's under the UFC banner, they're probably going to get pushed back on that. But somebody that, that like some like one of the promotions on floor or promote with Bama when they go to Europe and stuff. I don't know. I, I think twenty twenty uh they need to start uh they need to start making uh, more more things happen. I mean or at least maybe more rising Bellator events happen. Yeah, I think you're gonna see some back and forth. Um I think the Horaguchi situation with his injuries probably derails that a little bit. Uh I know. You know, which is a shame because we were going to have some stuff there. But it could have uh, been it could have been the the situation that makes it happen too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, it, it it sets up the the future for that. Um, yeah. 
the uh, the light heavyweights, uh, Bellator and Ryzen, both are not super deep at light heavyweights. So there's there could be some crossover I could see happening there in that weight class. Um, you know, just a quick thing and and about Fedor, I, I you know, people talk about him picking up losses, and this is not coming off of what you just said necessarily, but the fact of the matter is he's two and two in his last four, and he's seven and two in his last nine. I mean, this is he he might lose this fight, he might lose five more fights in a row. But he gets he gets put on a level that's not many other fighters we see. I mean, what's Frankie Edgar one in five in his last six or something? I mean, I don't know if it's that extreme, but he's like one in three or one in four. You know, it's it's people. But if you ask the general quote unquote MMA fan on Twitter, they'd make it sound like Fedor's lost like seven fights in a row, um, which which I think is which I think is kind of funny. So. Um, I don't know who I'm necessarily picking in this fight. I'm obviously cheering for Fedor. It's a tough fight for him uh, with the with the status of uh, him not being able to take a punch like he used to. Yeah, um, I, I I, that, yeah. If, if he, we always say this lately about Fedor because he's come out just kind of winging uh, in a lot of his fights. But if he fights smart, he beats Quentin Jackson nine times out of ten. Um, now that also depends on what Quentin Jackson looks like. I haven't seen photos of him. I'm not sure what kind of shape he's in. But you know, for instance, if the if the rampage that fought Chael Sonnen shows up, uh, Fedor should, you know, uh, destroy him. It, it, it he should he should either knock him out standing or take him down and, and ground pound him or submit him within a round. I um, I would say if 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 Fedor. Like you said, I, I don't think it would it would bode well for Fedor to do go toe-to-toe and try to trade hands with Rampage. I mean, regardless of the shape he's in, the, the man hits hard. Even Ch- uh, Chael fought him both, and uh, he actually said uh, after the fight with Rampage that, that harder, Rampage hit him the hardest he had ever been hit um, in a body shot, too, nonetheless. So it's kind of like uh, if the power's still there for both of them, um, Maybe Fedor take a page out of out of uh, Chael's book and try to wrestle him, you know, control him for for the whole fight. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the that's the smart that's the smart move, but we haven't seen that in in a long time. And admittedly, I think that's been uh, one of Fedor's uh, biggest issues. I mean, in hindsight, after seeing Matt Mitrione's mm-hmm. ground skills, you know, him going in there and slugging that out, uh, you know, a minute into that fight was probably not the smartest move. If he takes Mitrione down, likely. We see a submission or, or, a, or a ground and pound victory. Um, so, and, and then the Bader fight again, kind of like the uh, all these other fights that end so quickly. You just if it ends in one punch, it, it's hard to really get a true reading on it. I think Ryan Bader obviously uh, is in a different place right now in his career than, than Fedor. So that was where that fight. Uh, I think the right fighter at least won that fight as far as. Um, who who should win that fight at this point is what I'm trying to say. So I don't know. Interesting. I, I just hope that it, it's, I, you know, when Fedor and, and Rampage and these guys fight, I always say it. I just hope nobody suffers severe injury. And I hope that it's just an exciting fight. I hope the fans get their money worth money's worth. And um, I think this fight ends with somebody going down hard. I, I don't see really any other way around it from what we've seen. Um, and that could be either guy. Uh, I don't know where Rampage is. Again, I say physically, mentally, he's always kind of uh, up in the air on where he's at. I know he's a huge Fedor fan, and this is not a fight he necessarily wanted. So you just got to kind of wonder if, uh, I mean, obviously when the cage door shuts, the mentality of these guys change. But um, 
does he have the killer instinct? I mean, the one thing we know about Fedor is he has the killer instinct. Um, it's dire, you know, killer be killed in all of his fights. And mm-hmm. uh, whereas Rampage has had his off nights and, you know, his, his kind of sluggish uh, performances uh, here and there. So I don't know. Interesting though, but uh, super excited to find out that was Saturday night. So I will be cracking a beer and, and enjoy, yeah. <laughs> enjoying that event uh, as we prepare for the new years. And, uh, and you'll be, uh, I'll be at the uh, pro, pro fight league uh, 2019 championships. Um, Kayla Harrison. I mean, there's no people, people like to, to, again, we're talking about bashing promotion. People bash the PFL and try to say, you know, they talk about undercard and main card, but if you, if you pay attention to what they're trying to do over there with their league format, it really doesn't matter where you're placed. Cause this is at the end, at the end, this is what matters. It, it's six title fights. And, and, uh, what's his name is going to be on that card. Uh, Brandon Lawfane is, uh, the first fight. That's just not a championship fight. Um, it's on ESPN two, so folks should be able to see it. Uh, uh, he's fighting Alex uh, David Alex Valet in the first fight on that card for New Year's Eve here in New York, and then you get the six uh, title fights. I'll be there covering the event live for mymmanews.com. There's going to be a press conference Friday. Um, I don't know if I'm making that yet, just because of the scheduling. They they I was just complaining to Matt that, that they kind of got the schedule broken up a little oddly for something that's happening on New Year's Eve in, in, mi- in the middle of New York. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll change that. I mean, the, the holiday's coming in the middle of the week, screwing us up big time, which is why we're recording on a Monday. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, so, I mean, but that's that's a nice uh, treat on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, we, we got a little caught up there in the Beltra, but obviously Ryzen has their event, uh, which would be the night, you know, New Year's Eve, but the night before. So yeah. it really is nonstop action. That one is, is the mix of the Bellator, uh, you, uh, uh, rising that we were talking about with the yeah, Grand Prix, um, including with Pitbull, uh, against Luis Gustavo, uh, Johnny Case versus, uh, Musayev in the other semifinal, uh, Ayaka Hamasaki defending her belt against, uh, Sohi Ham, AKA Hamberlay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh there's a lot of action. I mean, we're not going to go down the uh Rena Cabuto. She uh, gets that rematch. She gets from... a rematch with Lindsay Van Zandt. Yeah. Didn't go well in in New York there, but uh we'll see what happens uh, on on her side of the globe. Um Siota Ishi, uh CB Dalloway. Uh I mean, it's it's loaded night of action. So, uh really Saturday night and then um I guess it'll be Monday night and then uh and then Tuesday. Uh, and I think mid-day. that's on Fight TV, the uh, the the Ryzen New Year's right, Eve. Yeah, correct. Uh, so it'll be Paramount on Saturday, and then Monday it will be on uh, on the the Fight app, and then on uh, and then you said ESPN two for uh, PFL on, on uh, 2019 championships. I can't believe they snagged Rory McDonald. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was some of the big news. Uh, sounds like Bellator didn't make much of an offer to him. Uh, curious to see what the contract is. I imagine PFL probably had to had to pay some good coin to get a name like that mm-hmm. in. And, um, and their press release said multi-year. Although I feel like that that maybe they're gambling a little themselves because I mean McDonald's obviously been kind of hinting at retiring. So I, I mean I'm wondering, you know, since they do a season format at the end of 2020, what you know is he going to stick around for another season if he doesn't win? You know. I would imagine they're going to stack that division if he's going to be in their 170 division. I mean, the, 
uh, uh, Ray Cooper, I would imagine, comes back because he's he's been a staple there. Ray Cooper the third. Uh, Jake Shields was in the first season. I don't know if he comes back for another season. It looks like he's still trying to figure out what what he's gonna where he's gonna go from here outside of submission grappling stuff. But um, yeah, man, interesting. Well, time. I mean- so, signing Rory McDonald definitely uh, is tempting then for some of those guys like Shields mm-hmm. and some of those guys who, who who are looking for some bigger fights. And, uh, I mean, Rory, any fight he is in is going to be a big fight. I would imagine his contract is something like a, a five-fight contract or, or three years, something like that. So, in theory, if he stays healthy all next year and, and were to get to the finals of the tournament, I would assume that that would probably fulfill the majority of his contract. That would just be my guess. Uh uh, I would just, I mean, I would think at his point, if he's going to kind of bounce around from promotion to promotion, that would be the way to control leverage. If he wins their championship, mm-hmm. um, then he can become a free agent again, test the water. Um, you know, I mean, you don't know where he is. If he goes sweeps through PFL, maybe he makes a return to the UFC uh, for a couple fights. Uh, you know, at this point in his career, I don't think he competes with the top you know, top five in the world, but, uh, but he gives a lot of people a run for their money. So, um, maybe he goes to Ryzen and, and gets another, you know, he just becomes a belt collector, um, across organizations. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but, uh, but man, it's been an exciting year. A uh, lot of action, uh, kick off next year. What are you going to do with that sweater if Fedor loses? <laughs> well, same thing I do with, did after he lost last fight. <laughs> You know, put it on my shelf and wear it next time he fights. So, but I now, mean, he's he's doing like a string of like obviously we know it's like his last run when he's do- when he does retire, like when he's done for good. What are you gonna do with that sweater? Probably burn it like a <laughs> Jedi Knight when they <laughs> when they when, when they burnt the ashes of uh, Anakin Skywalker or something yeah. like that. But uh... all right, all right. <laughs> All right, I'm done breaking your balls. You can, you can, you can close this out if you want. No. The good thing is though, I bought two sweaters, so I have one just in case. I, in case he comes to... back out for a retirement again. Yeah, I got one. One still in the package. So, uh, Anyways, uh, great year. It's been fun doing this podcast again as we're uh, getting close to wrapping up our second year of yeah, doing man. this, which uh, time's flown. Uh, special thanks to all the guests that have joined us. Uh all the all the young fighters that we've interviewed that uh, are going to have big things going on in 2020. Look forward to keeping up with them. Um, I know that uh, Muka Barnes is uh, booked for a fight on the uh, on the 11th out here in uh, Los Angeles, or you know, at, at one of the Indian Reservation casinos. So I believe he's the headliner. So uh, nice. If we don't get a chance to speak with him, obviously best of luck to him uh, in, in that bout. And, and I'll keep uh, the fans updated on how that goes. Uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, Mason and, and uh, Wetzel and, and all these other guys uh, will have big things happening. So we'll keep yeah, I know Jake down. Smith is, is working on getting something going for, for his quarter. He's been uh, pretty active on Twitter. Shout out to Uber Smitty. If you're not following him on Twitter, give him a follow. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, and uh, Taiwan Claxton picked up a win over the weekend, so we'll see him. Good things coming yeah, from Claxton. Billy Q coming off his big win uh, in UFC. He's got a, he'll yeah. have a big fight coming up. A lot of exciting stuff. Uh, Stephen Thompson. Uh, I'm sure he'll have another big contender fight. So, like I said, every everybody's come on the show this year and, and contributed. Uh, 
be rooting for you and, and look forward to talking to everybody again. Fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram, myself at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. Ed, have a Merry Christmas, safe travels over the new year, and uh, go Fedor. <laughs> All right, you too, man. Go Fedor. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.